for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and I am coming to you from a radio booth here at TIAA Field in Jacksonville, Florida. And don't look now, but the New York Giants are 6-1. Yep, 6-1, 23-17, the final, a wild finish. Certainly felt like Giant Stadium South down here. Tons of blue and red in the stands. And you could tell on that last drive as Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars are driving to try to win this game. The fans of the New York Giants made their presence felt. So did the Brian Dayball Giants living on the edge the deep end of the pool, which is what some of the players have been saying. You can check that out in my column on NorthJersey.com. But don't look now, but the New York Giants are off to their best start since 2008 when they were the reigning Super Bowl champions. Just another remarkable game. It's crazy to think that this team again was underdog. This team again was down in the fourth quarter. Yet for the fifth time this season in six games, they rallied in the second half. This is their fourth fourth quarter comeback win. What can you say about Daniel Jones that has not been said? Well, Daniel Jones is a winner. He is showing that this marriage between Daniel Jones, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, and Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach, is working. The play design of this offense, the play calling, Jones's ability to make plays when it counts, to answer the bell time and time again. All 11 sets of eyes on defense were on Saquon Barkley today, as they should be every week. Saquon Barkley had 18 yards rushing in the first half. Final line for Saquon Barkley, 24 carries, 110 yards. Now, Saquon took it pretty hard after the game, was lamenting the fact that he wasn't able to stay in bounds. Certainly sounded like he tried to stay in bounds. And had last week not happened against the Ravens, you'd almost think that Saquon was not trying to stay in bounds because of the way the play ended. Almost an Ahmad Bradshaw Super Bowl 46 tight play. But Saquon was too close to the sideline. They end up going to review, which I haven't seen that before. And they rule that Saquon was out of bounds. So it was about a 40-second difference in terms of where this team would have been on the clock. It was down to 25 seconds. Game was over. And Where they ended up being, they had 64 seconds left for that final drive. And let's talk about that final drive. 
roughing the passer penalty, which was called on Dexter Lawrence. It was not on Dexter Lawrence. It was on Leonard Williams. Kept the drive alive. Moved them down to the 17-yard line. So I'll grab my stat sheet here and just go through it based on what we saw on that last play. Look, Trevor Lawrence, I was impressed at times today with Trevor Lawrence. There were also times where the Giants got the best of him. But they were pretty – Lawrence was pretty good today. Travis Etienne was very good. Uh, Huge play by Xavier McKinney to punch that ball out. Shades of Peanut Tillman at the goal line. Well, really at the four, four and a half. And they end up getting a fumble, keep the Jaguars out of the end zone. This was a better team than two and four. Vegas reflected it. They were three and a half point favorites. They hung in there with the Eagles for a while. They went and beat the heck out of the Chargers in Los Angeles. This was a team that was going to give the Giants a hard time today. So let's go to that final drive. Trevor Lawrence on a fourth and 15 completes a pass over the deep middle to Marvin Jones for 28 yards. And Williams gets called for a roughing the passer. It was essentially for landing on him with his weight. Roughing the passer penalties are going to be called like that. You're going to continue seeing that across the league. They're trying to protect the quarterbacks, regardless of who the quarterbacks are. So that play happens. Nothing the Giants can do about it. First and 10 from the 17 with 16 seconds left to go. Incomplete to Zay Jones. Adoree Jackson had great coverage. Then a second down play with 12 seconds left. Incomplete deep left to Marvin Jones. Then on third and 10 from the 17 with seven seconds left. Something that Julian Love said. Christian Kirk lined up at the one. So on the outside at X. And the Giants knew the ball was going to Kirk. So the idea was just to keep him in the field to play and keep him out of the end zone. So Lawrence completes the pass to Kirk, which I'm sure you've seen by now, just shy of the goal line. Fabian Moreau, who had a couple very nice plays down the stretch of this game, kind of shoulders him and stands him up a little bit. Then Xavier McKinney and Julian Love, with Landon Collins coming off as a fourth, are basically running a battle until the whistle is blown. They're doing their best to hold him up until they blow the final whistle. And before the Jaguars' offensive line makes its way down to the goal line and tries to push him into the end zone. Finally, he hits the ground. The ball comes loose. McKinney jumps on it. But the play was over. It was blown dead. And as I said, Giants fans in this building chanting, let's go Giants, was an amazing scene. And the Giants had another victory. Like I said, I can't say too much about Daniel Jones. He has played tremendous football at times. Got lucky again today when a roughing the passer penalty on Josh Allen ended up taking away an interception for Jones. But it's just been one good play after the other for Daniel Jones. Huge decision to keep the ball 
on that last drive, he ended up Daniel Jones ended up running for one yards, uh, one yard, twenty-four yard on a scramble around right end, a nine-yard run for Daniel Jones. He threw a pass to Darius Slayton that was pass interference, and then obviously Jones plunges into the end zone for a one-yard touchdown with 531 left to go in the game. And what more can you say? Obviously, let's go through some injuries. Evan Neal, Ben Bredesen, hearing that both are MCL sprains at least diagnosed here. They will both undergo MRIs tomorrow and further testing to see uh, where they're at in terms of how severe the injuries are. If it's an MCL, we've already seen that with Leonard Williams, with Wondell Robinson. You're looking at a month. So for those guys, it's going to be a tough road back in the immediate future. But you hope that by Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, maybe you get one, if not both, back. Opens up a lot on the offensive line here. Josh Azudu played pretty well in relief today. Now, Tyree Phillips came in and played right tackle. I thought he played pretty well. The bottom line is you want Evan Neal healthy and you want him on the field. You've got this week the clock ends for Nick Gates. Giants will have to decide whether or not to activate him and put him in the mix. Does he factor in uh, at left guard? He's been playing guard and scout team. With the ones, he's been getting some reps at center. So does Nick Gates come right back out of the chute and have an opportunity to play at left guard? If not next weekend in Seattle, maybe after the bye, he's the option at left guard. I don't think you want to move John Feliciano from center. Uh, Obviously, that would be another option, putting Feliciano at guard and having Gates at center. I'm not sure that's an option. Or Gates just remains on the bench as your top reserve or one of your top reserves, and then... Azudu plays at left guard. Giants have some pieces to move around here. The other injury that was tough to watch was Daniel Bellinger, rookie tight end. Uh, Just judging by replays, it looked like he got raked inside of his face mask, suffered an eye injury. Seeing him in the locker room afterwards, his eye was shut, you know, black and blue. Looks like he went 12 rounds with Tyson in his prime. He'll go see an ophthalmologist tomorrow. We'll get further testing to see where he's at. You hope that the x-rays were negative. So no, you don't want any orbital bone fractures or anything like that. But you also hope that he avoided any any type of detached retina or uh, scratch lens or anything like that uh, in the eye. And you hope he can get back healthy and heal up uh, relatively quickly. So we'll see where Bellinger is at. Uh, It's kind of a tricky injury to diagnose and say, okay, this is exactly where he's going to be. So those are the three big injuries that that the Giants are are dealing with this week. Now let's talk about inside the locker room. And the question the Giants keep getting, and the players are tired of hearing it, is when are are people going to believe in the Giants? And Kayvon Thibodeau said it best. Excuse my French, F them. If they don't want to believe in us, that's fine. We don't care what's being said around the league. The only people who matter are in this room. 
Xavier McKinney, not as expletive-filled as Kayvon Thibodeau, but he basically said the same thing. I'm tired of getting those questions, and not in a bad way, just saying, you know what? It doesn't matter if people believe in us. We're 6-1, and one, and we know what we can do. Now, I thought it was interesting. Julian Love made a point of it, and then Saquon Barkley brought it up late in his press conference. This idea of taking teams to the deep water. It's obviously a mantra that someone in the Giants has talked about. Either it's Brian Dable, the assistant coaches. Someone has talked about this team kind of living on the edge and bringing teams to the deep end of the pool and drowning them. And that's pretty much been uh, what they've talked about. And to me, my interpretation from talking to a couple guys is the idea that, look, the Giants are comfortable being in uncomfortable situations. I think the reality is this team thrives when the chips are, are down, when the odds are against them. And that is a unique quality for a team, especially a team that has not done much winning over the last five years. A lot of new faces in this locker room, but this team is making plays and they're forcing other teams to show that they can handle the pressure in key spots. And again, the Giants handled the pressure and the Jaguars didn't. We look ahead to next week going to Seattle. Giants are going to be underdogs again. Geno Smith flying high. Now, granted, the Seahawks lost DK Metcalf today to a knee injury. That's certainly something to keep an eye on for this week. Giants were fortunate. Another injury, Adore Jackson was che- checked for a concussion. He was cleared, so no concussion coming out of this game. Obviously, they'll monitor him tomorrow and the day after. He took a shot administering a tackle uh, in the second half. But overall, this Giants team, you have to enjoy it, Giants fans. This was yet another heart-stopping, unbelievable way to pick up a victory in the NFL. Six wins. That's what I predicted the Giants would have this year. Six wins. And they are at six wins now, and we haven't even reached Halloween. So you can't say enough about this team right now, where they are. And the best quality I think about them is that in the locker room to a man, they all talked about how much needed to still be cleaned up. This was not a team that was celebrating and making plans to throw a parade in East Rutherford. They knew that there was a lot to clean up in this game. All the yardage that they gave up on defense. Offensively, the drops that just killed this team. Daniel Jones showing some Fire, animated. He was pissed off that Marcus Johnson dropped the ball that would have at least given the Giants a first and goal at the one. At best, Johnson spins into the end zone as momentum takes him in, and Jones has another touchdown pass, and the Giants end up scoring, and maybe the end of the game isn't the way it was. He was animated on the sideline after his touchdown run, trying to get the defense involved. 
you know, Dable kind of laughed afterwards and said, I don't know, Daniel, I didn't see anything. He's just cool as a cucumber. When I talked to John Feliciano, he said, we want to see more of that from Daniel. We know it's in there. We want to see that fire. It's not about calling guys out. It's holding guys accountable. And if Jones is going to call, hold himself accountable, if Saquon Barkley is going to hold himself accountable for not staying in bounds at the end of the game, that someone has to hold these receivers accountable for not catching passes. And if it's the coaches, that's fine. Players didn't want to disappoint Eli Manning. And I'm not comparing Daniel Jones to Eli Manning overall. But these players are fighting for Daniel Jones. They do not want to let him down. They let him down against Dallas on a Monday night. They lost the game. They don't want to let Daniel Jones down. I think that says something about Jones and the quarterback that he's become. Let's not talk about the future next year. Let's not talk about where Daniel Jones is in 2023 and beyond. That'll take care of itself. The reality is... Daniel Jones is the quarterback of this team, and he's playing pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And this team is 6-1. Believe it, Giants fans, 6-1. we back this week for this week's all-in podcast during the week, looking ahead to Seattle. Always appreciate you being all-in, and that's exactly where we're going to stay. All-in on the New York Giants. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you this week.